All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fucksters? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Are you okay today? I was over at the Huntington Gardens today with my mother and my girlfriend. That's always a, an exciting dynamic, isn't it, for anybody involved in that sort of situation? Uh, my mom's in town, and we went out to the gardens, and uh, it becomes very uplifting to me to see anybody and everybody out doing things that enrich their hearts and minds and, and just uh, being human and enjoying what's left of the freedom and liberties and beauty of this country. Uh, it, it, uh, it elevates my spirits a bit, and I've become very sensitive to it, and I hope you are as well. Uh, today on the show, Al Madrigal is here for a little bit, talk about some stuff he's got going on. I love Al. He's my neighbor and my friend and one of the best comics working. And after that, Wendy McClendon Covey, from the Goldbergs, from Bridesmaids, came by. And that was a, that's a, I, I enjoyed that conversation. A, and I had never met her, and I didn't know where it was going to go. Uh, and her life was interesting in, in how seemingly uninteresting it was. And I, I don't mean that as a, as a um, insult. And you'll, you'll, you'll understand what I'm talking about when you hear me talk to her. Uh, I have two more dates coming up. For the uh, two real tour, I, as I, as you know, those of you who listen, uh, I, I've done a lot of dates, and it it all culminated in the special I shot last Saturday at the uh, Pantages in Minneapolis, and it was tremendous. And apparently, I made a mistake about leading up to that show, which is that the Pabst Theater. I must have said, was in Madison, which it isn't. It's in Milwaukee. And that is the one with the spectacular dressing room downstairs with the full hi-fi setup, including records and couches, couches necessary in every hi-fi setup, uh, coffee bar, snacks, and just a general good vibe all around there downstairs. That's at the Paps, and I want to send my uh, thanks and love out to the people of Milwaukee and the Paps Theater that I mistakenly placed in Madison, Wisconsin, which is where the Orpheum Theater is. Also great people that work there, but a lot of concrete, but uh, nonetheless, a good show and a good venue. So we clear that up. Oh man, I didn't tell you about hanging out with Ben Sidron in uh, Madison. I should tell you about that, but let's, let me, let me get to this. I have two more dates coming up. I have, I have uh, Washington DC on May 13th and Philadelphia on May 12th. I'm at the Miriam Theater in Philly on May 12th. I'm at the Warner Theater uh, May 13th in Washington, D.C. You can go to WTFpod slash tour for direct links to those uh, those tickets. And also, I want to... Uh, to yeah, I'm going to start talking about this more and more. I'm going to be at the Book Con in New York City on Saturday, June 3rd with my producer business partner and co-collaborator on this book uh, you can get an advanced copy of the book waiting for the punch uh, and it, it should be a good event i believe on the day before on the friday i'm going to be interviewing senator al franken live but uh, brendan and i always like to get out in front of the folks and so you can see what that guy has to deal with in dealing with me so let me let me get you caught up on that man i you know i i did I, well not that you're asking me but you know, I'm a, I'm a music guy and, and I've been sort of, I've finally leveled off on the perfect system in my little house 
And uh, it, you know how you know it, and I didn't realize it, is when you sit in a certain place on the couch or in your chair, away from the system, in between the speakers, the sound, if the high fidelity is right, just floats somewhere in the center, as if it's on stage in front of you. Sound, just floating in the center. No real distinction between speakers. Everything just comes together, floating there in front of you. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing, man. But when I was in Madison, Wisconsin... Many of you remember back, uh, maybe I can actually get the episode number because I have a computer. Like I can go on the website, wtfpod.com slash podcast and do a little search for Ben Sidron. That would be episode 420, way back, uh, you know, 400 episodes ago or so. Ben is a jazz pianist and author uh, and scholar of jazz and touring musician and his son, I believe his son's name is Leo, if I'm not mistaken, uh, kept pestering me to talk to his dad because he just thought we would get along, and we did, and I learned a lot about jazz, and we talked a lot about creativity and improvisation, and it was a lovely conversation. I, I loved it. So he lives in Madison, and I, when I was going out there, he, he emailed me and said, you want to hang out? You want to have lunch? And I'm like, yeah, man. Let's, I'm going to hang out with Ben. I'm going to hang out with Sidron and, and uh, you know maybe talk music, maybe get caught up, see what's going on. So we go over to Sidron's house, and we're just sitting there, man, like two kids. I mean, he's about 10 years older than me, if not more, maybe he's in mid to late 60s. And I'm, you know, 53. And we're saying he's got a wall of Blue Note records. And he's just laying the foundations of hard bop on me. But it was funny because we're sitting there and I don't think he's used his record player in a while. And he's pulling records off and he's putting them on. And the record player, his old record player, which was fine. Uh, in maybe in 1970 something you know just couldn't take up with the pace couldn't keep up with the pace it just crapped out on us but he's like all right don't matter let's go into the other room and we'll just use the computer speaker so now we're going digital and we're you know we're just in that groove where he's showing me shit i'm looking at shit and there's that mutual excitement of of him turning someone on to new stuff and me getting new stuff put in my head and it was a blast Someone turned me on to this Tina Brooks record. Some fan emailed me and said, you got to listen to the uh, Lee Morgan solo on the Tina Brooks album, that first album. Uh, and I think it's a solo on The Way You Look Tonight. I'm not sure. So I go download that from iTunes and I, I look up the Tina Brooks Minor Moves record and it's a very rare record and it's only available on this Japanese issue on Blue Note. And and uh, and I asked Sidron, I said, you got this Tina Brooks? I always like Tina Brooks is the shit, you know, didn't live long. And I'm like, yeah, I want to hear some of that, Lee Morgan. And he's going through his records. And he pulls them and he's got two copies of Minor Move because he had a buddy in Japan back in the 70s who was there when they reissued all the Blue Notes. And he has like all of them. And he had two Minor Moves. And I'm like, oh, man, this is a great record. You got two. And he's like, take it. And I'm like, what? Take it. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah. And I took it. <laughs> and now I got that beautiful rare record with that beautiful tone, that beautiful sound. And he's a beautiful sax player, and Lee Morgan's on there doing beautiful trumpet. It's a beautiful thing floating there in my living room in the aural holographic free zone in between the speakers while I sit on my couch, drifting, jamming. It's fucking sweet. But that was a that was just a real pleasure to have lunch and just kind of hang out. Just a couple of dudes hanging out, listening to jazz records, talking about it, talking about the groove, talking about the feel, talking about the breath, talking about the swing. Oh, man. It was, uh, I, you know, and that's something I, I probably wouldn't have done. I probably would have just been like, I don't know if I got time. But I, there's something else inside of me said, go hang out, man. 
This is going to be good for you. It's going to be good for your soul. It's going to be good for Ben. And we're going to we're going to engage and we're going to get into the music. And you're going to talk to a real jazz dude about real jazz. And it was fucking beautiful. So right now, Al Madrigal, Al and I go back a bit, and you know I'm a big fan of his comedy. I think he's one of the funniest comedians working. And there was a, a, a moment there where it got dicey with us, but I think we're back on track. We're on top of it, and I, I believe I brought it up when I talked to him. And uh, I think we're okay. I think we're okay. Uh, he's got a new Showtime special called Shrimpin' Ain't Easy. Premieres this Friday, May 5th at 9 p.m. This is me and my neighbor, Al Madrigal, the very funny uh, Al Madrigal, uh, talking. I don't know how to delegate. I don't know how to delegate tasks. I was good at it. Uh, I was bad at... Um... I was good at delegating when I was working at my parents' family business. Firing people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that you were good. That was your delegation. It's over. And then being a stand-up comic and having an assistant. Yeah. It's weird. You know, I, I don't know what to do. Like, I just I, turned over my calendar to them and then you I did? See, see everything. I see see them on everything. And so they- My you know. manager does that. I happen to have a good uh, manager. But you know, just for shit like- I can't have people sitting in the house by themselves. So, like, I have a part-time assistant to sit in the house when people come with people to sit in the house with them. Oh, that's hilarious. And uh, and also, he did, he cleaned my roof. You just need a body. <laughs> I do, I do. I don't know. I don't want them going through my shit. No. I, I, I'm not assuming they will. That's not a proper <laughs> waiting room for anyone to be sitting in. You live, you really do... Live, yeah. I th- like the pot that you had on the stove when I walked in. I just like- made it was oatmeal with quinoa in it from this morning. It, it wasn't. Like, it don't don't characterize for, it like to describe I, the house. Everyone, it it really is like you'd find like an old man in the neighborhood who's passed away. Like three, it's three, getting there. Four weeks. I know. <laughs> it's starting. It's starting to have that feel. Like maybe the some upkeep would be in order. I've been on you for a long time about moving. I really I know, have. I know, but I there's something like this place, dude. You know, like I, I, I don't know. Keep it. Okay, I'll keep it. But I've I've looked at houses, and every one I look at, it's like nah, I don't know. It's a lot of room, or it's like that looks stupid, or what? Just live somewhere nice. All right. Okay. <laughs> the, I will. Well, how that place you have, that was uh, that w- that was like an art, uh, some sort of art uh, exhibition. It's nice. That that place you bought is some sort of architectural <laughs> masterpiece. You you drive in, and it's like you're you're inhabiting modern art. We, uh, we, I had something very fortunate that happened to me that made that happen because it goes back to my parents' family business. Yeah. So we bought a house in Eagle Rock. Mark and we've lived very close to each right. other for a long time. I know, I know the house up there with the, uh, with the round windows or next to the round, there was, you know, it was small. Well, yeah. So we, there's a bathroom problem. We had a bathroom. <laughs> we have, I have two kids, growing children. We had a 1,200, 1,300 square foot house, and everybody's on top of each other. Wasn't there like one bathroom? One bath, one, it's 1.75. There was a shower and, <laughs> right, uh, right. Yeah, so, which is great. We could have made that work. And sure. There's a lot of people who do that. And that's of course. We could have made that happen. Right. But I was rolling over my wife to get to the other side of bed. Right. So that's when I always wanted a master bedroom where I didn't have to put my bed up against the wall <laughs> and I did that for 10 years we bought that in 2005 yeah so then um you know I've been on so many of these TV shows that have gone nowhere but I say saved up all my money do you know this uh new show I'm on is pilot number 10 
the um, dying up here is pilot number 10 for you yeah how many of those pilots went to air four so that's not bad four out of ten no you add it all up you're in the game i mean yeah the affable latino (laughs) guy sure yeah (laughs) ethnic friend that's what i was at yeah but i in this this show coming out it's a character which is uh a lot you know more interesting than anything i've ever played because you know prior to that i'm in all these pilots as ethnic friend like uh, going all right who took my smoothie (laughs) and it's ridiculous all right who took my shoes smoothie cat garbage bag my duffel bag is missing and i know one of you guys That's constantly, which I love because when I started, you know, out or just started thinking about being a comic, it was always watching Martin Short, Rick Moranis, Don Knotts. Yeah. Like, I always think that's like my- uh, Don Knotts? Not, oh oh Andy, we, we're oh God, working your pants. I love Don Knotts Pulling so up those much. pants. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, around. I always thought I would be this sort you of love like, Don Knotts? oh, I love Don Knotts. So like, we did an apple dumpling game when I was a little kid, which yeah. was just like the best thing ever, the incredible Mr. Limpet. It was very the... memorable and funny. Sure. And yeah. him in Three's Company. Yeah. Is, yeah. With his kerchief. Furley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's his awesome. hipster clothes. No, the supporting act, the guy who shows up just to be funny, is a job that comics do. Like even Steve Landisberg on Barney Miller. Or Ron Glass. Oh, my like, God. Right? Yeah. Lou Grant. Yes. But yeah, that was a lead. But, you know, sure. Ted Knight, all those, they were smaller parts, a lot of them, and they were hilarious. Yeah, for me, now the point I'm starting to think about the back end of all this, really just settling down. I always wanted to be now ethnic lab rat. It seems oh, yeah. ideal to me. Like Which, in a CSI and CIS oh. where they come in oh, and that's it's a the, case and I got a lab coat that, on. And then instead of saying, where's who took my smoothie? Yeah. I get to say, like, oh, all right, you guys aren't going to like this. Uh-huh. So that's the big plan? That for a decade? <laughs> that a, decade for a decade of that? And then you never see me again. <laughs> it's funny. You and I do that. We think of that. I talk to you about this all the time. It's like our end game. Do we stop? Like, it's just like, I, I don't know why I got it in my head. Maybe, you know, uh, because I didn't grow up essentially working class or anything. But there's part of me in my brain that's sort of like, I want, I, you know, I want to stop. Aren't we working to, towards stopping? But then you look at these guys, you, they, no, no one's stopping. If you can still go, they don't stop. Again, I'm obsessed with this where how do we get out? And I want to work my ass off, and I've taken on quite a bit to, to 50 years, until I'm 50. And then... Well, how old are you now? I'm just about to turn 46. So oh, you're oh, that much younger than me. Well, I'm 53, and what it comes down to for me is that you know I've developed a relationship with an audience. I have an audience. I I enjoy talking to them. I go out and I perform. I still love doing comedy. But what what's really happening for me is like I don't know that I've had a life. You, you know, I don't know what my life looks like. I feel like am, is this it? Am I living it? Because it's starting to repeat itself a little bit. Maybe if I bought a house, or or did, took some adventures, or did something. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't, like, I, you start, like, I'm doing different versions. Uh, you know, I got to get out of myself a little bit and, and go out into the world or something. Well, definitely. Uh, but for me, I don't have an audience. I do people, I, you know, I got this special coming out. I just don't think anybody really wants to see me do stand-up. I always do well. But when I go out, I'm tired of... Uh, waiting for people to show up. Well, what do you think just, that is? Because you're uh, one of my favorites. You do long form. You do very deliberate, you know, uh, beautifully executed stories with m- multiple punchlines and characters. And like, it's old school. Yeah. I love it. 
Is that in the Thanks, special? Thanks, no, you've always been very nice. I remember when you showed up in the very beginning. Uh, I was headlining in like 2003 or 2004. Where? At San Francisco Punchline. Yeah. And you were in the, I totally remember because it was, you know, I was honored that you were there, but like in 2003, 2004, you showed up in the back of the room, me headlining an off night. Yeah. And I said, I came back and I was like, do you want to go up? Uh, do you want to? <laughs> uh, and you go, no, I'm just here to watch from a fan. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, better do good. I, I remember running over to see you. I don't know. Where was I playing? Across town or yeah, something? Yeah, probably. Yeah, because uh, when I first saw you, I'm like, no one's doing this. This is the way it's supposed to be done. No, that was a huge honor for me. And then we became friendly. And, uh, you know, I like. And then we were com- friends. And then we had a problem that wasn't a problem. <laughs> that was the funniest fucking I'm moment. baby. No, I'm a baby because we both thought the same thing about each <laughs> other. That was the fucking thing of it. Oh, I thought you were too busy for me. I thought uh, no, you said you know I thought you were big time. Oh, me. I totally thought you were big time. Yeah, but me. like I in my mind, I'm like you're much bigger time than me. So I'm like I'm sitting That's there like ridiculous. I'm not going to bother Al. He's too busy He's building an empire loosely based on some sort of uh, you know Latino entertainment model. <laughs> 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 Which you should get into because that's become a whole thing. Uh, so, but like when you tended me, when you were mad at me, I finally I don't know who called who, but I'm like, what's going? Oh, on? Oh no, you called me because I started I started heckling. Oh, you, you, I heckled you in the green room about you were doing you, like a cereal chunk. I'm like, hey, nice cereal chunk you got up there. I was making fun of your. But you liked yeah. it, I thought the Trader yeah, Joe's. It was chunk. good. That's <laughs> good. But but was, yeah, but you were mean. I was. I was mean. I was mean. And a I was dick. like that. I felt it. I'm like that was real. And, and that, <laughs> yeah, he was mean to me for real. And I better figure well, out. Well, it was just all right. So yeah, we might as well talk about it because you had Marin. Which, by the way, I got to tell. I don't even know if I told you this. Yeah. Story. My son. It. You've been around my kids since they yeah. were very tiny. Yeah. And. I remember Lorenzo when your show comes out, which you're very happy about, yeah. Marin on yeah. IFC. Yeah. It's the first season, and Kristen is sitting on the couch with Lorenzo. They're watching Goldfinger on IFC. Yeah. Lorenzo was about 10 years old, yeah. 11 years old. This is going to be a sad story for me. He's going to hurt my feelings. This story. And he could, no, he goes, uh, they a commercial for your show comes yeah. up. Then another commercial yeah. for your show comes up. Then another commercial yeah. for your show comes up. And, Mar- uh, and then uh, uh, Lorenzo looks at Kristen. And says, Marin's got a show on IFC, huh? This is a 10-year-old. Yeah. And then she goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. She goes, really pushing it, aren't they? <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, my God. Because yeah, they're really they're shoving it down our throats, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, really pushing so, it. Then you, so you had the show, and if you look, any comedy fan that's listening to this, I want you to pull up IMDb. And I want you to look at all the people that have been on this Marin. Mm. Everybody. All right. Now, when Marin starts, I get a phone call. From you, mm-hmm. it says, "Hey, just so you know, I'm having Dave Anthony and Andy Kindler playing my friends." You said that, yeah, and which I was like, "Oh, good." Oh, so I already felt guilty. You totally felt guilty. <laughs> but here's the let me let me in my defense, let me say this: is that on some level, like, and I would have been in the same place you were, but on some level, I always assumed that you were good. Like, you know, you were always working. You didn't seem to be hurting for money. You had pilots. You had TV shows. So my choices, and a lot of them outside of people playing themselves, which I regret not having you play yourself for a podcast guest or something. Yeah, whatever. Like, just that. But in terms of casting, I, I really, I think I rationalized it by thinking, like, you're doing network shows, you know? like Yeah, I, totally. You know. But I'm one of your friends who can act, and this is what is seasons <laughs> in. Seasons, <laughs> season three <laughs> comes up. Mm-hmm. And season four comes up. I'm like, I can't believe this fucker 
has not asked me asked me to be in this show. Yeah, it's, I'm it's, sorry. It's shocking. I'm sorry. So then I just started. I just held on to all of it, and then mm, it just yeah. came out. But it was definitely not big timing. I know. It was just a. Well, then you used to come over and hey, like if you had screeners. Yeah, yeah. You used to come over. Yeah, we for were dinner friends all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. And so that's why. I and, but then you got a girlfriend. No, that's another thing you thought. Well, you went through one girlfriend with me, but this one's uh, is nice, and she's a painter and stuff. But also, our lives got like I'm fucking busy. I don't go out with anybody. I, we went on a couple's date the other night for like the first time ever in three, you know, two three years. Like you know, you really have to make time. But I'm sorry I didn't put you on the show. No, sorry, right. but I miss you. Yeah, yeah, and it, you know, I'm around. But now you know. Well, then I called you the other day. And um, what did I do now? No, nothing. Oh, I just right. called the other day, and uh, I go, "Hey, what's going?" I was talking about real estate because yeah. you were looking at a house. Oh, I went to look at that piece house. of shit. Oh my god, it's huge! <laughs> yeah, huge. I, did, I did a drive by. It's like, look oh like, yeah, you can't live there. You look like it's gonna fall off the hill. So, oh like yeah, a, and uh, you be an old man. You being ten years from now trying to walk up this oh, house with huge stairs. It was like up this like craftsman castle that was built in like the early 1900s by a famous guy. But you walk in, I've never felt the presence of ghosts more than in that place. I'm like, whoever lived here in 1909 still lives here. It was crazy. But then you were out at lunch with, uh, you were going to lunch with Dean Del Rey. Well, you know. Yeah, sure. I know. I was, uh, it, that's fine. I was, uh, that was like, it was the first I need time. To call, in All right. I need to call more often. I need to check in. Yeah. Is what, I get busy and caught up. And I, again, I've taken on a lot. I what happened to, with the uh, Latino entertainment empire? It's happening. It is. <laughs> it's totally happening. Well, I started All Things Comedy with Bill Burr yeah. in 2010, and that's sort of taken off. We've got a partner. Yeah. What I wanted to do is just, I saw people coming in, and you saw like Earwolf and right. Nerdist and right. all these places, and even you know had the idea uh, prior to that, those guys coming on board. Yeah. Um, but we just uh, want all the comedians to own their own material own their own podcast yeah. and then control the distribution network so now we have uh, over 50 podcasts and then we are starting our own video and uh, like uh, we're starting our own studio so you do know how to delegate yeah 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 i just, just hire uh, people we have uh, about six employees over there now and uh, the whole thing we just got funding it's all a new That's website great. congratulations and it's, it's yeah but um it's a lot. It's way more than I needed to take on, and it's also why probably people don't come out and see me because I've sort of deluded myself so much. You're that- fucking busy. You're always busy. I miss your wife. I miss your kids. I miss coming over. But the truth of the matter is, even me today, like people ask me for coffee, and I'm like, what the fuck? Do I have? Can I get? You know, do I have an hour? Can you come to my house? <laughs> and I'll make us coffee, you know? I just feel, I don't think there's too many comics. I was trying to think, I think Tom Papa falls into my category of being a sort of a responsible dad yeah. that's probably never going to get divorced. Right, no matter matters. what. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> just hang on. And uh, yeah, there's not a lot of comics that we know have younger kids, Yeah, and but I've sort of given up on the road a little bit and tried to concentrate on stand what, 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 well tell me about the other uh the empire what's going on with uh the what what, what were you doing as a consultant oh I, yeah well, I, i've worked as a consultant for a long time because i have this business background a lot of people ask me but what, I'm, what, for, I'm a consultant right now for viacom so i have viacom has agreed to give me 10 different pilots or 10 uh, make 10 uh, show ideas that i have and what was the other one with the Latino? Network? Oh yeah, I was consulting for Univision. Univision, prior to that. <laughs> and then how'd I was, that go? 
Uh, I just did it for a year to help them launch. How and did they? Did it, was it successful? That was not very successful. They were based in New York. The weird thing about Latinos is they could all Univision and everything is East Coast. Yeah, and most of the uh, Latinos are in Southern California, and right. the Southwest. Yeah, so it's I think it's sixty four percent of Latinos in the United States are Mexican Americans, and um, a lot of the programming again on the East Coast, a lot of Cubans, Puerto Ricans, and uh, yeah, it's that's there was a little bit of a disconnect between uh, my ideas and what they actually right, got over right. there. So, but uh, all things comedy is going well? Yeah, it's going great. Now, the, the special, this new special, it's got all the, the great bits you've been working on over yeah. the last year? No, it's not even, it's the last three years. So, like, I don't do a special every year. It's I got just, the, the stinky shrimp. The shrimp, and it's, it's called got, Shrimpin' and Easy because of a sh- seafood revenge story. Yeah, let's not tip it too much. And it's got the, the soccer coach guy? No, that was the special prior. Oh, okay, man. okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, I would, I get a lot of my bits and stories from this neighborhood that we live in. Where has it got the taco truck? The taco truck, yeah, the cilantro. Oh, that's bit. good. That's good. As <laughs> <laughs> <Is> a <the> guy, <laughs> which I practically hugged that guy because that was the taco truck down at the seventy six station on Colorado. Oh yeah, yeah. And so I walked up, and this guy said this thing to me, and when he said it. I almost hugged him because I knew it was- You mean the criminal seven, 76 station? Yeah. That went out of business? Bad gas. Yeah, the bad gas station. <laughs> yeah. Now it's like a homespun gas station. I used to get gas at this place all the Me fucking too. time. Me too. And it's then so an cheap. article came out that they were selling bad <laughs> gas. Watered gas. Watered down gas, <laughs> ruining people's vehicles. So That taco truck. That taco truck, which is a good taco truck as far as they go. Yeah. And um, yeah, this dude said something to me a about funny bit. the cilantro, and uh, I almost hugged him on the spot because I knew it was seven minutes. <laughs> the great thing about your comedy, though, is that you're able to do this thing that nobody does well and nobody really does anymore, is that you have a, a pace that allows you and the skill and talent to do characters you know, within the bit that speak to each other. And that is such a, a lost art, and it's so great. Yeah, but it's, a, I, it's such a difficult fucking thing to bite, bite off in terms of... I, I look at guys with shorter, mater- you know, form bits. And- I just think it's a matter of playing the right place. Like, I think that, you know, in a, like in, in like my audiences would love it. Like, you know, if you get some, you know, sensitive, smart people, grown-ups... Who have patience. I don't know if grown-ups come and see stand-up anymore. Well, I've cultivated this weird audience of, of grown-ups uh, of all ages. Like grown-ups of, you know, 15-year-old grown-ups. Sure. Like this people that, you know, are, are, are sort of, uh, they're just either good tippers or smart. They're, I, I don't know how it happened, but I'm grateful for it. But let, we'll do a show together. Yeah, I'd love to because- Let's uh, make a plan right here. We're going to have dinner with the girls <laughs> and we're going to do a show together. Just like Bob Newhart and uh, uh, Rickles. And Rickles. go on vacation. That would be ideal for me. I can't wait to get to that point where, again, at 50- I, Would I be? Would you go on vacation with me and my girlfriend? That would be fun. Really? Yeah, I want to because I bought that- uh, Do you see the truck I bought? What? Oh, I, I bought a Toyota FJ62 Land Cruiser. Yeah. And that's why I want to I want to tow a camper and go oh, okay. up to Big Sur and do all that shit. All right. Well, we, you're talking about going to Italy. That. Well, like that, that, that sounds better. The camper thing, maybe. But we're gonna follow you and we'll, we'll bring a tent. Yeah. And you guys have a camper. Yeah, we'll cook some stuff. All right, we'll do it. Thanks for talking. Say thank you. Yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> Al 
Al Madrigal, Shrimpin' Ain't Easy, premieres this Friday, May 5th at 9 p.m. on Showtime. That, he's a funny fuck. I always like seeing Al. Wendy McClendon Covey. A lot of names. Very funny. And I, I didn't know a lot about her. I knew she was funny. You know, I, I don't watch a lot of the Goldbergs, but I watched enough to, to get it. I think there's some part of it that's uh, a bit too familiar. <laughs> growing up a middle-class Jew in the 70s and 80s. Too familiar, a little too familiar. Uh, but, you know, you might remember from Bridesmaids, and she's just, she's very funny. And uh, I didn't know a lot about her. And, and it was, it's interesting why her life was interesting to me. And, and, I, and, I, and I definitely liked her and got a kick out of her. So the Goldbergs, as I said, is a show she is on. It's on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern on ABC. The season finale is May 17th. And this is me talking to Wendy McClendon Covey. Why are you late? Um, I came from Long Beach. Oh, my God. And Do you uh, live there? I live there. And... Oh my Map God! MapQuest took me on MapQuest quite a journey. Yeah, I have a navigation system in my car, but I you, don't trust it. So wait, you printed out MapQuest? I, print- <laughs> I didn't even know MapQuest because I couldn't find my Thomas guide. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I've been through Alhambra. I've been all over our great city, and I have to say, this I, is the best neighborhood. Well, thank you. So yeah. back up. So uh-huh, really, uh-huh. MapQuest? Yeah. You yeah. go to that's still there. It's still there. And it's, it's still there. And yeah. the, it gives you the printout. It gives me the printout. Don't you have? A, a, do you have an iPhone? I have a. I have no. I don't. I have a Samsung. And that doesn't have a GPS. It on? probably does. It probably does. And I have a Tesla, which has a GPS, but it's never taken me to the right address. Uh huh. And it always takes me on weird side trips. Why did you end up in Long Beach? Does, I. I've always lived there. Really? Yeah, I never left. Like when, since you were a kid? Uh-huh. You grew up in Long Beach. I grew up in Long Beach. I grew up in Long Beach. Yeah. I live two miles from my parents who live in the house I grew up in. They're still there? They're still there. Yeah. And I live like a couple miles away from my old high school. Like I do you, I have I just never left. Do you there. have kids? No. Okay, so yeah. it's just, do you go to your parents and, you know, like, hang out there and um, have coffee with your mother and stuff? I did on Easter. I don't see them that often. Even, they're busy. Oh, okay. They're Listen, they're retired. They've got stuff oh, really? to do. <laughs> Finally. Right? They're very Finally. active seniors. Are they? And they do not have time for me. Isn't that weird? Like, I, I go to my mom's house and she always says she wants to hang out with me, but by three days she's like, all right. Yeah, how long I, must you stay? Thank God I have that mother yeah. <laughs> and not the one that doesn't want me to leave. Right, right. So you grew, but you didn't grow up in show business. Like, what no. was your family involved in? What'd they do? Uh, very religious. Religious okay. what? Baptist. Really? And my dad worked for um, Coca-Cola for a long time. And my mom worked for McDonnell Douglas and then Boeing. She's a uh, airline engineer, an accountant, Air, an airplane an accountant, account, an aeronautical accountant. Yes, yes, aerospace accountant, Air, aerospace accountant, yeah. Baptist, yeah. and uh-huh. now you're playing about as Jewish a woman possible. How about that? Yeah, and I've and I've listened. And you're fooling them. You're fooling I've, everybody. They, I'm fooling everybody. And I used to play a boozy floozy who was a cop in right? Reno 911. And my parents were not pleased. 
Did they really have a... Yes, they did. They thought it was a, a bad uh, example? My mother told me to quit and Re- wrote me a letter. Again, my mother who lives two miles away from me. Okay. Yeah. All right? Yeah. It, it didn't go over very well, but I had to let her know. You know, I am an adult. And it was a job. And it's a... <laughs> I think everybody else understands that this is not... You know, real reality. I think most people who watch Reno nine one one and yet now I I do feel like a lot of people thought they were watching a reality show. It's weird. That's though. the world we're living in, right? But there is a but, certain yeah. age that doesn't you know quite understand the the slight nuances of uh, of satire. No, oh Every, God, what happened? I, well, I know I it's true. I don't know if they ever knew. Like you know, some people just accept Fox News as news. Uh huh. Without you know uh, you know entertaining, well they're programmed that way. You know, you grow up three channels, guy sitting behind a desk, mm-hmm. telling you what's going on in the world. You just make assumptions. Yeah, and I I think it's very hard for them to shake that shit. Sometimes. Exactly. Like why would they say it if it's not true? Right, and he's wearing a suit. There's no laugh track. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he looks groomed. Yeah, he seems to know what he's talking about. Yeah. He knows a lot. Of, he, he's saying things I don't know about. Yeah. I'm learning things. I'm learning things, and I'm comfortable with what I learned, and I don't want to learn anything else. So they didn't get Reno 911 at all? Not at all. Not no, at all. No laughs. No. Just, just terror. Just pure embarrassment. What, oh, what she involved in, did people at church are, 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 are uh, concerned well, I think they figured out that the people at church don't really care one way or the other. <laughs> like, oh, really? No one's thinking about our family that much. Isn't that weird okay. how everyone worries about that? Yeah. Especially in religious communities. Yes. Well, it's because everyone's up each other's ass. They do want to know. Yeah. They, actually they do, do. want to know, and they're looking. They're for sordid bullshit. Exactly. But I'm sure they mostly thought, like, well, she's on television. What are you worried about? Yeah, I thought. I think that they just thought, oh, the money's probably rolling in, like, yeah, there like you go. Like a slot they machine from the TV. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, what? how many siblings do you have? I've got one sister, and she's a therapist, a, an honest-to-God therapist who owns a comedy theater in Portland, Oregon. So she like she ran away. See what religion does yes. to people? See what Baptist, <laughs> Baptists do? She's a therapist running a comedy oh, she, theater. She couldn't get in- out of Long Beach fast enough. In Portland. In Portland, where she has a very nice life. Yeah? A very nice life. Um, She started doing comedy there, and Portland is the greatest city in the world for the arts. Being weird. Anything you want to try, you will find an audience in Portland. Yeah. Okay? You can, yeah. Absolutely. And she was doing sketch comedy, storytelling, all this stuff, and she just saw a need for a specific theater and so her friends bankrolled her yeah and as far as i know it's turning a profit after a year so she wait you her sister's a a bona fide comedy star in portland yeah no no i'm talking about you and then out of of left field she's like i'm gonna well i think it was kind of like well if that idiot could do it i could do it too is she older no she's younger no kidding yeah so, but she's very independent. Uh-huh. I was never that. I was always afraid of of everything. Really? Because I was the firstborn. My parents were very reactionary with me. I really because like yeah. sometimes the firstborn is the special child, the golden child. They, they were just panicked. No, I, my parents. I, I, no one in my family expected me to do much. <laughs> <laughs> 
you surprised everybody. Yeah, I did. Why? I did. What, were you a problem? No, it just, you know, I grew up in the 80s, and back then it wasn't even a given that you'd go to college. No? No. It was like... <laughs> Your high school graduation, that was a big deal. When did you... Where now it's like, of course you're going to graduate high school, you well, the piece I, of crap. Well, the idea was I thought, you know, usually with some, uh, you know, re- responsible families that mm-hmm. maybe the kid would further their education. They were just excited that you made it through high school. When did you graduate yeah, high school? 87. You're What, are you pushing back against the uh, the religion? Was the religion a big deal? You said it like it was a big it was deal. A, it was a big deal. And I don't... Listen, I can't say that I'm totally scarred. I wasn't raised in a cult, but we had to spend maybe four to six hours every Sunday at church. At church, uh-huh. and, you know, doing the food and Sunday school and uh, mass doing the Sunday and... school and the choir and the this and the that. You know, make sure everybody sees that you're there. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, doing your part. Do, you know, facing forward and listening to something you know, some kind of message when we should have been actually look at, looking at each other uh-huh. and communicating that way. That didn't happen? No, it did not. But <sighs> everybody saw us in church. You yeah, see. so you got points. So you got points. You're not bad. Yeah, yeah, You're not yeah. bad people. Everybody was making their mental tally. Yeah. You know, yeah. the McClendons were, were in church. <laughs> um, and look, I always, I knew what I wanted to do from an early age, but... You did? Yeah. Oh, Which yeah. Which was what? Which was be funny and... And be on television and and be an actor and just oh. really what made you do that? what made you want to do that who um, was it let's see what made it happen uh, gosh I remember watching Flip Wilson and and um, doing Geraldine oh yeah oh yeah oh, Flip Wilson been really young. and and Mary I kind of remember Moore it and, yeah and Carol Burnett Phyllis Diller I thought was just the greatest thing in the world love American style I thought oh, yeah. there is nothing funnier in the world than I remember show. watching those shows in like 1970 yeah in the 70s yeah and I would fake sick so I could stay home and watch these shows watch my soap operas mm-hmm. and thinking oh this is the life this yeah, is yeah. the life for me yeah. I know and I would I was one of those annoying kids that would like make everybody watch one of my performances at a dinner party or oh, yeah. you know, some dumb thing. What were thing. some of your classic routines? Um, let's <laughs> so see. Classic, classic routines Classic would Wendy be like, dinner party routines. Um, maybe I'm going to sing a, a Disney song in my nightgown. Sure. While running around the, the living room with right. Kleenex trailing behind right. me. Very with artistic. The, with the adults all sitting there smoking exactly. and having cocktails. <laughs> yeah, and, and rolling their eyes. Waiting and, for the kid to go to bed. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Or maybe the puppets would come out. Sure. Mark, you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Potpourri. I was sure. full service. I yeah. And, oh, needless, yeah. and needless to say, your younger sister just sort of like, oh, here she goes again. Here she goes. It's all about yeah. her. Oh, someone's going to dress me up again and yeah. make me play the piano <laughs> while she sings. How much, What's the age difference? Um, three years. That's like me and my three brother, years. two and a half years. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So you got to go to school at the same time. Kind of. Sometime. Yeah, and you just, uh, you become very different people. Mm-hmm. My brother, I think, felt abandoned by everything because of me. Really? Yeah, because like, uh, you know, I was a lot to handle and I was the firstborn. And, uh, a lot to handle. I don't see why that would be. Hmm. I think you're exaggerating. I was. Uh, I uh, I needed a lot of attention. Did you? Sure. As did you? Apparently, I did. But did you cause trouble to get attention in in school? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did, did you? No, because my parents were so strict. 
Like how? That it was anything I could do to not get in trouble. Like, please don't take any any of my few freedoms away from me. Please. Oh, they did that? Yeah, yeah. So I was very good. I never ditched, never drank, never went to parties, never broke curfew because they would... They were so, they were just so strict. So Jesus, when you got out of there, you must have just exploded. It must have been. <laughs> but like, See, you'd think that. Uh-huh. But I stayed at home till I was twenty six. Oh my god! I know, I know. It's turning know. out to be I'm a, a big nerd. A, a, is that? <laughs> but 20, very responsible. Did you go to college? Yeah, but I stayed at home. You went to like Long Beach. Long Beach State, baby. After Long Beach City College, oh, you needed you know, to, which is like the Harvard of sure. You need to make up for shortcomings in high school. What happened? Um, yeah, I also just didn't know why I was going to college. I didn't graduate college till I was thirty. Okay. Wow. I had a lot of stops and starts. What What, and... what, what were you doing? <laughs> I mean, let the record show that Mr. Marin is looking at me with absolute. Pity and I'm, confusion in his eyes. Well, I'm just trying to fill in the gaps. I, know, I, I mean, know. were you just like laying in bed? Uh, no, you... I wasn't. I was working. I, I worked retail jobs and was trying to work full time, go to school full time. But I didn't know why I was doing that when I knew what I wanted to do. All right. So let, let, let me just get the timeline. You yeah. graduate high school and you're like, yeah. now what? And then you go to Long Beach City College to try to figure mm-hmm. out what now? Just to at least get my GEDs done because you have to do that no matter what. Get the basics out of the way. Two get years. The basics out of the way. Two years. Yeah. Which of course I dragged out into more years than that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. And I would. I was sneak undergrad off for five to, years. Oh yeah. really? Yeah. Okay. You sneak sneak off. Sneak where? off to audition for things. Really? You had yeah. an agent, or you just no? Agent? It was all through drama log. Oh really? You yeah. looked at the little Back paper. Way. Yeah. Oh, what were those like? Oh, mostly waste of time. Uh-huh. Okay, copy meals and credit. That's what they all say. But what, what does that mean? Meaning you're not going to get paid, but you'll get a copy of what you did. You'll get you uh-huh. know full access to the craft service table. Right. Yeah. 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 And you'll get your name on something somewhere. <laughs> you can put it on a resume. <laughs> what, right. Did, did you book any of that? Um, some of it I did. You know, the occasional music video or non-union commercial. Uh huh. Not you know, speaking, just sort of background? Not, or? Yeah, background. Or um, I did a pilot once for something that you would call it now a pilot presentation. Uh-huh. So it's like, well, we can't really, we don't have the words to describe this dumb project. So we have to film it and then we'll show it to people. Uh-huh. Okay. So these are just individuals oh, that were casting yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Any, you do uh, all this, and, and then most of the time it's a waste of time, and most of the time it's like, oh, I'm walking into like a pervert den. Did that happen? Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah? And like someone's you, house? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In someone's house. And sometimes you just drive right past the house and say, NBA, nope, no, yeah. even I know this is, this is dicey. So you're like 20 years old just going off oh, on yeah. the- Oh, yeah. With my little headshot. You know, oh. teetering around on my high heels. Te- What's this for? Oh, a nine seven six commercial. <laughs> Later, <laughs> I took off work for this. Um, so yeah, those were the nineties. You didn't get into trouble. Though. No, I didn't. And nothing. You I have didn't. no memorable, you know, bad situations. No. You know what I do remember, mm. and this wouldn't happen today. Maybe it would. I don't know. 
and I, I would like to think we're more highly evolved. But um, there's no indication of yeah, that anywhere. No indica- I don't know why I just said <laughs> there's that. There's just that more so shit stupid. out there. There's yeah. more options. <laughs> <laughs> no evolution, just a lot more choices. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, the, you know, you would leave your resume with somebody, your picture and resume, and then later on, those would fall into the hands of assistants or just, you People know, whoever. In the office. And, and they would call you and uh, try to get you to go out with them. Uh-huh. Or say, oh, got wow, your, your measurements are this? Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, ever done any foot modeling? Or like something yeah. completely nuts. Yeah. That would happen sometimes. Yeah. But. You never did it. Come on. I don't. You, you have to. Not do Come it. on. What? I've, I've never wanted anything that much. Uh. Where I would say, <laughs> wow. Um, he called me at 11. <laughs> And <laughs> you want me over there? Ask in a half me about hour. foot modeling. Well, my feet are amazing. Mm-hmm. You know what? Let me. Mm-hmm. Maybe this will lead to something. Like, <laughs> You're and not I that know, person. Oh, no, no, I'm not that person. I'm, I'm too cynical for that. But you were, you were trying. I was trying. And I was trying with no direction and trying to hide it from my your, parents. Oh, they couldn't know that you were well pursuing because they show just business. Didn't they? Just it was so outside of their comfort zone. Sure. And it's interesting that you're just here, you're in LA and show business is here and not like any, uh, unlike, or just like everywhere else, it, it you don't know how to get in. Mm-hmm. How do you fucking do that? Yeah. How does anyone do that? Everyone, like what you wanted to do was clear and it was across the street almost. Yeah. But it's just like, what does one do? And you just took it on yourself to start going on those auditions. There's so many levels of that shit that yeah. nobody realizes like, well, you can't really do anything. Until someone gets you into the door somehow. Right. You know, so you've got to put yourself out there somewhere mm-hmm. in a w- place where someone can take you along. Exactly. And not just be used up by the weird predatory culture of, uh, you know, headshots and resumes. Oh, God. And and then, you know, trying to get your SAG card. That's a whole other hustle. Yeah. I, yeah, someone, yeah. Someone has to do you a favor. Yes, exactly. Or you have to get Taft Hartley. That's what I did. That's what, what I did well, too. Everybody I does, Taft. really. Yeah, you you got to be Taff Hartley at some point. Yeah, unless you you know do your extra work and get your vouchers or wh- I don't know. It's such oh, a, it's such an extra. Ass did you do extra work for a little bit and then I, it was so soul crushing. I just I couldn't just watching do it. other people live your dreams while you sit at a table pretending to eat. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sitting around with other people who are unhirable in any other way so when do you start studying the thing um or figuring it out were you in college the real college yeah yeah i once i've got married and got out of the house then i went full force was that were you both you and your husband living at your parents house or no 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 so wait there's still a big drop off so for like from so you graduate from cal state long beach once i got married I got married oh, at 30. At, at you 26. went back. Yeah. So you just crapped out. You you yeah. went to Cal State Long Beach and you're like, fuck this. And you got a job where? At a um, clothing place? Uh, I'm well, just after keep, I graduated. Guessing. After I graduated, no, this, I was like. But that's when you were 30. At 30. Well, what happened yeah. between 20 and 30? Between 20 and 30, I worked a bunch of retail jobs and then worked at a, at a shitty hotel near Anaheim. Oh, my God. Or in Anaheim, near Disneyland. Yeah. For three years. Oh, my God. And doing then, what? What's that? Doing what? Um, I worked in the sales department, mm-hmm. and um, I was a secretary, and then I was 
director of corporate sales, which means I tried to get businesses to stay. So were you just like seething all the seething. time? Seething. Oh, like for like, years. I, my, I am going to commit suicide. Like I hated my life so much and thought this cannot be what I'm meant to do. I cannot do this. Yeah. And so a friend of mine who got me the job at the Ramada, and we'd been friends since In junior Anaheim. high. Yeah. We started taking Groundlings classes together. And we would drive up from Long Beach. She found out about the Groundlings or you knew? I knew about them, but it took me four years to make the call to say, hey, I want to take classes. Yeah. I was so afraid of everything. Yeah. So anyway, that was the tipping point. Was uh-huh. like, okay, I'm just going to go and do this for fun, and I'm going to do With it. With her. Yeah, I'm going to do it until they kick me out. And this is the first time you've ever done anything like that? Like, I um, mean, in terms of stage work. Uh, did you do plays or Yeah, any? sure. I'd done plays and stuff in high school. And, you did? And oh, so you was were a dancer in this and that. Yeah, like I wasn't. Dancer? Uh-huh. In this and that? Yeah. Yeah, okay. You know. You danced. Yeah. Occasionally. You knew how Dancing, to... not stripping. No, I wasn't implying that, but at some point you must have learned <laughs> no, how to dance. No, but someone's thinking it. Yeah. You learned yeah, how I to was, dance. Yes. You were a dancer. I was I was more than a leotard owner. Uh-huh. <laughs> so see, this is these gaps that we <laughs> see, fill these in. These are gaps. Okay. You, you know, you took dance so classes like, and you learned how to dance. I could do that. Yeah. And you <laughs> I could do it. And, and you did some stage work yeah. in high school, so you're getting and, some yeah. satisfaction. You got you got a taste of it. Got a taste of it. Of being it. funny in front of people. You know, had the occasional minor success through drama log. Okay. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the weird pilot. Exactly. Or the you know, local I got commercial. the little, little taste of this and that. And, but yeah, and, yeah. But was like, how... I. I how did I, I become my day to day life sucks so badly. I hate Anaheim. Yeah. I hate this job. Yeah. I can't imagine that this every like I'm gonna look forward to the weekend for the rest of my life. Like that that's the only joy I'm gonna have is maybe going to El Torito on a Friday night. Like that's my big treat. No. <laughs> There's something more. Yeah. Okay. So, so my friend and I start going to the ground. Is that like on Sundays or when did it? It was it was for non-actors. So it was only on Saturdays. Oh, learn some skills. Learn some, like, come, you know. Improv wow, skills. Improv skills. It'll yeah. be fun, yeah. you know. Have fun on a Saturday. Um, as it turns out, my friend is hysterical. You didn't know that. Well, I knew that, but I didn't know she'd be good at this. Yeah. She's really good, but she didn't stick with it. Yeah. Which is, I feel sorry for the world. Really? Oh, yeah. And do you, are you still friends with her? I'm still friends with her, but she decided to move to Oklahoma and blah, Oklahoma. blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but too bad because she would be a star. Really? Like she's- Do you tell her that? The funniest person- That no one I've knows. ever seen and a very specific type. Ever, ever seen, given ever. who you've worked, given who you've worked with. I know with. exactly who I've worked with. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This girl is funnier than anybody. That day that you realized she was that funny, was that a big day? Where you were like, holy shit. Yeah, because we were so nervous going up. Yeah. That we would, we would almost talk ourselves out of walking in the building. Who, who was teaching would, the class? Um, 
I don't know how familiar you are with anybody over at the Growlings, but um, well, I've talked to people who who were there. Okay, what year was this? Like? So this was like late nineties. Mm-hmm. So we had Chase Winton and David John, Roy Jenkins. Mm-hmm. Um, but after a while, she just thought, you know, I'm never going to do anything with this, so I'm not going to do it anymore. But I kept going, and I eventually were you funny too, though. I was. I was good. Yeah. Well, look, I I never got asked to repeat a level, and I did end up in the company and stayed there for seven years. So you guys so. go in for the non-actor thing, uh-huh. and like, because I don't know, I've talked to anybody that that entered that way, just uh-huh. sort of like my life is terrible, <laughs> 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 you know, yep. and and you know, I'm working at a hotel in Anaheim, yeah, and uh, I just need to. I need to do something. Yeah, got to have something to look forward to. So they're not expecting much out of that group, really. Other not than, at all. Other than not to. So how? So what happens? What? How do you get encouraged? We were like, well, it looks like we're okay at this. Let's audition to oh, get there you into go. the school. So you both. So then did. we got into the proper school, and both we both of you. got in. Yeah, yeah, both got in, and uh, we we can we stayed together until my friend was asked to repeat a level, and she decided. Eh, that was it. I don't want to. That was the moment. That was the moment that she stopped. Right. Fuck uh, the rejection. She was good. Yeah. She was gifted. And she, and was she probably... chose to see that as rejection. Right. She's probably sensitive. That was a mistake. <laughs> oh, that was a mistake. I feel like we're doing this specifically for her. You're going to have to tell her to listen Stacey, to Stacy. <laughs> damn you. <laughs> chose the wrong fork in the road. So, all right. So, you anyway, get, yeah. you, you both get in. Mm-hmm. And now, like, who's in your company? Uh, let's or these see. are still classes. These are still classes, but um, let's see. I was in class with Andrea Savage, mm-hmm. uh, Caitlin Olson, Larry Dorf, did you Jess see, Rowland. Did you um, see people like did, when you got into those classes? Were you like, oh, this is the real deal? Were you getting a sense of what show business might oh, be? Oh, I was point? getting a, a sense of like, I I'm in over my head. I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> these people are so amazing. I don't know, but maybe, I, maybe. I felt like I didn't want to quit. Like I wanted to push myself. It never occurred to me just just back off and don't even try. It occurred to me, well, see if you can yeah. measure up. And what were you? Tra- what were they telling you to do? I know some of the stuff you do, but like, um, what, what was the? How does it work again for me? Well, okay. So aside from the improv, it's very uh, character based, right. and they want you to write a lot of characters and character monologues yeah that's my favorite thing in the world oh really oh yeah what was your first character um one of my (laughs) (laughs) was it a woman who worked at the ramada no 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 (laughs) i went a little deeper than that um she was an anthropology teacher Uh uh-huh and it was based on one of my anthropology teachers in college and she had a a very specific clipped way of speaking <laughs> and the the whitest woman in the world uh-huh. but taught latino studies <laughs> latino studies yes oh, oh, you, oh, that's I, your i've character. lived among the um, mestizo indians <laughs> and i went native <laughs> things like that oh that that must have killed i'm sure what <laughs> <laughs> well it did. I got to tell you. It, yeah. It, I did all right. I like the idea I, of it. I never did characters ever. You didn't? No, I, I didn't go that way. I was a stand-up. Because so you were more observational. Well, I just was, I think I was trying to put my my character together. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I was, I was working on me, <laughs> Wendy. I was uh, well. trying to pull it all in. 
All right. So so you're doing these characters, and you're, yeah. you're that's what. So it's improv, and then and what other ones? Did and then you, you you write characters, and then you use that as um, a springboard for your sketches, and then you either get voted into the Sunday Company, or you then you really do get asked to leave. I got voted into the Sunday Company. Were you going to the Sunday Company now? Were you hooked? Were you going every weekend and watching everybody? I would watch and. Honestly, the kids in the Sunday company at the Groundlings work harder than anybody in this town because that is your life for a year and a half is you put up sketches, you buy costumes for sketches. Everything is about the Sunday company and that material gets rotated in and out every week. So you can't stop writing. You can't take a vacation. You can't do anything. It's your life. Before you got in, who was in the company? Who were you watching? I was watching, let's see, Melissa McCarthy, Maya Rudolph, Jennifer Joyce, Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah, she was here. And Jennifer is amazing. Yeah, she's great. And, and she was like one of the people that I would watch and and just, <laughs> uh, I, like, did I just see that? Did yeah. she just do that? <laughs> That's amazing. And. And once I finally got into the company and, and got to work alongside her once in a while for alumni shows, it yeah. was like, holy crap, I'm in the presence of a real crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> but in the best way. Yeah. In yeah. the best way. Yeah. She's sort of a, a unique gift. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. To say the <laughs> least. But I, I remember there was a, a show that um, that they do at the Groundlings called the Beverly Winwood Showcase, and it's all mm-hmm. about, you know actors showcases around yeah. town where you pay to come up and do a monologue that has nothing to do with you and you know they're all this was the framework for the sketch for the for the entire show okay so um jennifer would come in and i again i love jennifer i think she's amazing but she would come in you know the show starts at eight she'd come in at seven fifty-five. does anyone have a <laughs> trumpet <laughs> Can I borrow someone's bra? <laughs> Does anyone have a child's Halloween costume? <laughs> like, she would always need like the most insane things. Yeah. And, and you know what? Everyone <laughs> rustled to get her what she needed. Because you want her in your show. Right. <laughs> but anyway. And so, but she was already ahead of you? Is yeah. That... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And who so, was and so Melissa was in your company or you were watching um, her? She was she got into the main company right as I got into Sunday company. So oh, so Sunday's not the main company. No. But Sunday is like the farm team and you do perform right. every week. That was a really successful group. Like yeah. there was a big wave of people that got swept out into show business. You know, S N L or just other shows. Yeah. And, you know, very successful group. So to be there at all was Amazing. But you're still driving back to still Long Beach. Still driving back. And still driving going back. Going to job. Um, at that point, once I got in the Sunday company, I was working at Cal State Long Beach in the social work department, editing a scholarly journal that they put out. And I did that for 12 years. So I kept that job all through the Groundlings, all through... Reno 911, all through Love Spring, all through Bridesmaids. I kept my little side job because you just never know. That you'd go, would you have to go into work? Yes. How'd you pull that? But out? 
I didn't have a set schedule. I just had to go in and shuffle papers and return Did, emails and stuff like that. But I could do it whenever I wanted. Eventually, I could do it from wherever I wanted. And I loved doing it. Were you reading the journal? Uh-huh. Were, yeah? Yeah. I would, I would Did social work read interest the, you? Um, I never wanted to be a social worker, but I... I have a great respect for what they do. And I mean, I just kind of fell into this job. But (laughs) once I started doing it, I really loved it. And I was working for this brilliant, insane woman that I thought, oh, my God, I'll follow this woman anywhere. She's so crazy. And she... A professor? mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. With a double PhD. In social work. In um, social work and history or something like that. But she was brilliant and nuts. And she was like, listen, I don't care what you do as long as you just never quit this job because I don't want to hire anybody else. So you do whatever you have to do. When's your next show? I totally want to be there. Like She was so supportive. I thought, I'll do whatever she wants because she's so cool. Like I've always wanted a job like this. <laughs> Even you know? though you're starting to have success? Yeah. So I would be on, on sets and, you know, sometimes you're sitting there for hours and hours. Sure. There with my laptop, editing Work. manuscripts, and reading about, you know, these people who are maybe making forty thousand a year, helping working people. eighty hours a week, and and I'm sitting in a cushy trailer, yeah. getting catered to, yeah. and I would just I would feel such guilt. But okay, so but anyway, yeah. So you're you've got that job, mm-hmm. and you're you're did you get that job when you're living at home? No, no. So when does the husband come in? Where did that happen? Okay, so the husband comes in. The guy that makes your your name even more complicated? Yes. At 26, got married, left home. Finished school while working at the Ramada. What's the husband do? The husband is a graphic designer, techie, um, but he took jobs that were very stupid just to keep our insurance and to put me through my improv classes. So he always had like two jobs. So he could help you. Yeah. And you, you're still together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 21 years we've been married. <laughs> so, yeah. okay. So he, <laughs> he saves Please. you. He has earned his angel wings. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so he saves you. Yes. Gets you out of your parents' house. Yes. They must have been relieved. Um, they were, Mark. <laughs> and they were relieved my dad actually said this to my husband, like, you take good care of her. Um, something to the effect of, thank God, because I know she would just be eating out of the trash. Or, you know, it, was, <laughs> it just really highlighted how little they thought of my judgment. Uh-huh. And now at 47 years old. They have to look at me and say, okay, you're not a bad decision maker. Well, I think it was just that, that you were just rudderless yeah. in their eyes, yeah. right? Yeah. They were just sort of like, I don't know, she's not going to figure it out. Yeah. And yet, <laughs> they got married at 17. Right. And didn't have to. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, they had their whole thing plotted out, but they've also been bitter about it for most of their lives too. So well, I think, yeah, I think that generation yeah. has that, but they, yeah. you know, they figured out how to work and, you know, mm-hmm. bring up kids. Whereas like, I think, I don't know if it's our generation or not, but I, I think when you have a kid that just doesn't, that's just sort of floating. Yes. They, they're just sort of like, well, she's not bad. She's not <laughs> bad. We don't know what she, 
<laughs> what she's good at, really, yeah. and right. she doesn't ask for money. She's, Where'd you meet the guy? I met him at idiot school. I met him at community college. <laughs> at City College? Yeah. Uh-huh. At Golden West, actually. Oh, that's another then one? Then I had transferred to a better community college, Mark. <laughs> it's a good Come story. Come on now. It's a yeah, good story. of course it is. Well, that's so But anyway, sweet. yeah. So, so, you, so you get married. Now you yeah. move to a, a place where you live with a guy. You're uh-huh. working in Anaheim. Uh-huh. You're doing the classes. Uh-huh. You do in, in like three of what? You're 30 now. And when do you get to be on the main stage? When do you do it? When, when does that happen? I got in the main company when I was about 31, 32. And who's in the company then, with you? Uh, let's see. Kristen Wiig. Tim Brennan. Uh-huh. Do you know Tim Brennan? I don't. Um, again, Larry Dorff, Rachel Ramrus, Christian Duguay. Don't know her. <laughs> Who else? Nat Faxon, Jim Rash. Um, so Wig is there because she had a, a weird journey as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she getting... did. Oh, yeah. She's she's had every occupation in the world. Yeah. And uh, I've talked to her. Yeah. Did you guys become friends? Um, We did. We did, but I never got to be in a show with her hmm. because because of work stuff. Like I, Ramada I work would, stuff. No, or no, the no. Journal like work? Oh. <laughs> neither, neither. <laughs> I booked a series and then Reno I couldn't do shows for a while. You booked Reno, yeah. But did you try to get SNL? No, no, no. Even though I had two managers who basically told me they could walk me right through the front door uh-huh. of SNL. Yeah. Um, and what clearly they were lying. Oh, but no, I never, I never got to audition. I never did any of that. But I think that's okay. Yeah, I, I don't have any regrets about that. Well, it sounds like it was all winning from a certain point. That they, like, the I, fact that I you got had to that, do some fun stuff. The yeah. job with the journal would have yeah. kind of gotten in the way of the SNL. Maybe no, I could have still done it, <laughs> <laughs> and I still would have done it. You know. <laughs> I like it. It's a loyalty thing. Yeah. It's a loyalty thing. It it gives it gave structure to my to yeah, my and day. Yeah, and you were learning some things. Gave me some stuff to be responsible for. Did it help you with inform any of your characters? And um, <laughs> like, yes, you, it did. It yes, did. it did. Um, academia is really is really an interesting well of comedy uh-huh. because it's very insular. Yeah, and um, the people who get tenure guard it with their life yeah and god damn it if they checked out a vcr and somebody else has it you're gonna write a nasty letter to someone okay you're gonna make a big stink in your insular world oh yeah yeah every everything's a big deal same with i mean i guess you could find this in any office but you know there's always someone who can't handle it cannot (laughs) handle it if you don't clean up your coffee mess, yeah. and they are going to bitch about it, yeah, and, and for hours and hours, and, and hours. it's going to go on, could go on for years, could go on for years. Then they're going to make a little laminated sign, yeah, yeah, and put it on the microwave. Uh-huh. Your mother doesn't live here, yeah. so clean up after yourself. <laughs> and they're going to feel so mighty, yeah, that they did that, uh huh, you know, yeah. And then they're going to go home to their sad lives, yeah, and their and, sad lives, and and you know. Uh, so how'd you get the gig on Reno? I was subbing for someone in a in a show. Really? And the casting assistant saw me and brought me in. Um, and this was after Reno had been a pilot at Fox. Yeah. 
and they didn't pick it up. And they sat on it for two years, and then Comedy Central said, oh, let's let's think about reshooting that pilot. Was that Tom and Tom Lennon's thing? Mm-hmm. And Grant? Tom and Ben, yeah. 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 That was their first thing. Uh, their first big th- thing. They'd done this date and Stella. Yeah, and, they'd done that and Viva Variety. Viva Variety, right. And so, um, yeah, after Fox sat on it for two years, uh, there was a an original cast member that couldn't do it anymore, so they were having casting sessions to replace her. Yeah. And I had just gotten into the Groundlings, but I was also feeling like maybe this is never going to happen for me. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have an agent. I don't have jack squat. I'm having to go to the Groundlings and listen to everybody in the dressing room talking about all their auditions, and I'm not even give, being given the chance. It's not like I begrudged anybody their successes but like i wasn't even getting any calls because i had no one representing me i was just getting frustrated did you ask people how do i get representation yeah yeah and but you know that's when people start getting cagey like well i don't i don't know if anybody you know i don't know if my agent (laughs) is is right for you Uh no 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 no. you know Uh um so anyway i i went in i felt like fuck this. I'm not going to get it, but you know what? I'm just going to go in uh-huh. and whatever. Was it your character? It was, all they said was that she needs to be a sexy cop. Right. So I did my interpretation of what that would be, of what a sexy cop in Reno right. is. Yeah. And to me, she's someone who thinks she's sexy. It doesn't matter if she really is. Uh-huh. She and she's not Hollywood sexy, right? She's just got you know some swagger. This is yeah a girl who's <laughs> been to the dog track a time or two. Yeah. You know she and she's a cop. She's a cop because they have a dental plan. Yeah, you know you don't have to go to the academy. Uh huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, I did my take on that, and they called me back, and blah blah blah. I eventually got the job, and. And then and then it got picked up and I was like, Oh, I I booked a series. I guess I should tell my manager. You had <laughs> because a manager. at that point I did have someone who was calling herself my manager. Was she a manager? Um she was a manager in that she had a business card that said manager on uh-huh. it. And you know, that's all it takes. Uh, sure. That's yeah. all it that's takes. A, they wait for someone like you to get them, legitimize them. Exactly. Then they take their 10%. Mm-hmm. You know, they know about calling business affairs to get a check. But yeah. other than that, they don't know how yeah. necessarily to make anything. Right, happen. right, right. Or at least, at least this one didn't. So, you, okay. So now you're on a series. Do mm-hmm. you, and do you give notice at the hotel or? Oh, I had quit the hotel oh. before working at the at school at school. the school yeah so you you didn't give notice because you're did like not give notice because you're like you're you're gonna stay with yeah. her the woman so yeah she was like oh great <laughs> you know just don't quit when does your show start <laughs> you know just don't quit because and i look we never worked right. on reno that show shot very quickly because it didn't have to look good it was all handheld yeah so, but it um, started a lot of careers in, in some odd yeah. way. Like uh, Carlos was in that, right? Al yeah. Rocky. And then Lennon with his shorts. And mm-hmm. Schwartzen was around. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's so funny. And he'd been around, but that really put him yeah. on the map. And people loved the show. People loved it. But, you know, again, we could film a season in three weeks. Right. So 
we were free to do other things, sort of. And I got a, I got another unscripted series in the interim called Love Spring International. And that only lasted a season, but, you know, it was fine. You know, I, I worked, and I, I worked pretty you steadily, were at, and then I... You were good at unscripted. I, I can do all right with What's know, a certain making skill? up my own dialogue. It's like not it, not everyone can do that. No, no. It's like it's kind of hard to do. It, it, I imagine it's it, there's a certain type of person that can do that. I shot one thing that was all improvised. It was exciting, but I don't know. Like, the character was not that far from me, so okay. I could just load it up with my own experience. But it's it's a great way to work because of the the discovery is so exciting. Yeah, and if you have other people around you who get it, yeah, and who know, like, well, it's not about being funny all the time, right? Just right. service the story. That's yeah. all you have to do. The funny will show up. Yeah, just you know, uh-huh. don't try to get your zingers in there. Sure, that's annoying. So this all happens when you're now now you're thirty one, thirty two. I mean, I like, got Reno at 32, I think. Anyway, nothing big started happening for me until I was in my 30s. Right. And then life got really good once I was in my 40s. Right. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. That's not it the is. regular story. It was touch and no. go there. You could could have been moving yeah. up the ladder at the Anaheim Ramada. You know, I... <laughs> <laughs> you could have been one of those people yelling at someone about their coffee. Oh habits. yes. Oh yeah. I could have been um, putting yellow tape around the pool because someone took a crap in it. Was that These funny? are things that happen <laughs> at hotels. <laughs> oh, Every man. hotel has hookers. I just want you to think about that. Every hotel has hookers. Well, you were in charge of that kind of shit. No, I wasn't. But if you I had stories? moved up, I would have. Oh, I sure. would have You're... been the one to have to knock on the door and say, "Hi, um, uh, what's can going I get on? a new credit card?" <laughs> I I now understand that you're homeless. Yeah. Okay, I understand. That happens? Well, oh, yeah. All the time. Doesn't matter where it is. So you're saying all hotels have a, a seedy, sad side. Element, yes, yeah. yes. But there's hookers in every hotel. And that's a fun thing that I learned when I would go on ride-alongs with the police department. In Reno. Yeah, just because you know they said well you know that would that might be a good thing to do so we pitch stories you know yeah so i i started going on ride-alongs with the long beach police and then i started loving it and i was like oh my gosh when can i go on my next one it was so interesting and um and i did go on a hooker sting one time at a very nice family style hotel Uh uh-huh and wow like you, what you gotta walk those girls right through the lobby and past the so children in their water wings, and you know it's <laughs> it's terrifying for the the moms and dads to see this, but it's, it's exciting for the kids. Exciting for the kids because the moms and dads are like, "How are we going to explain yeah. this? Yeah, what did those people do wrong?" And yet the kids probably already know; <laughs> they just don't have the language to tell you that. You know what else did you all... see in Ride Along? Let's see. This was um, a, for research for Reno. Mm-hmm. And they set it up? No, can, I set it up. You can just ask? Yeah. Did you know the I cops? Think, uh, down no, there? I just, oh, you know what? One of them I met at some animal charity event, and he offered it to me. He's like, if you ever want to go on a ride along. So I was like, yes, please, I yeah. want to go. And I, I highly recommend going. If you can work that out, just go. Just go. Everything about it is interesting. 
especially if you go at night. Uh-huh. And my first one was on a Super Bowl Sunday. And that's the most... Uh, domestic abuse? Yeah, yeah. That's the day of the uh, highest amount of domestic abuse in the country. Uh-huh. And we sure got called a lot on, on a lot of violent things. And let's see. I... Oh, I what? did see a dead body one night. That was... I did not... I did not enjoy that. No. Um, I saw some very funny hooker stings. I yeah. saw some very funny um, drunk driving. Oh, pullovers? Pullovers, uh, yeah. Them trying to convince the cop that they're not drunk? Um, yes, after, you know, it was, and we were sitting in the SUV. Yeah. Because I was riding with uh, the captain. Uh-huh. So you see a guy holding a water bo- bottle full of yellow liquid. Yeah. And then he sees in his rear view mirror and then he tries to like sneak it down past his arm and under the seat. And I said, did you just see that? Uh-huh. And he said, no. And I told him what happened. He pulled him over. It was a teacher at the local high school who was drinking and driving. Uh-huh. And uh, was not was not fresh. No. <laughs> not fresh. No. <laughs> I saw a guy um, get put in a cell and then proceed to slam himself against the wall to look like he got beat up by the cops. Huh. So you were like uh, addicted to ride along. Oh. You did. It <laughs> was It sounds like you, just, you you're fighting the urge to maybe do it next week. I'm thinking like who do I know? Yeah. It's honestly, it's so interesting. And again, these guys don't get paid enough. No. They don't get enough downtime. Yeah. I have such respect. I don't I don't see how any cop can go to work and then decompress enough to go home to their families and and just deal with the minutia. I think it's hard. I yeah. think it's one of those like that it's not unlike social work where you know you just realize this work is never going to be done. Right. Right. It's not, you know, there's no letting up. Mhm. It's relentless. Yeah. It's like war. It just keeps coming. Just keeps coming at you. Doesn't matter if you're sick. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you don't feel like doing it. Yeah. And so, it's hard anyway. not to get, you know, kind of morally broken. Right. Well, it's interesting that you're tapped into this sort of like this weird connection to social work mm-hmm. and to cops. You yeah, know, it, I know. For years. Yeah. Did you, did you, cops like Reno 911 in general? Some did and some hated it. Yeah. Some really found it offensive mm. that, you know, oh, you're making fun of our profession. Uh. And, that's not true. That we weren't trying to make fun of cops. Right. We absolutely, a, have the utmost respect. Right. The premise of the show was, what if there was an entire department of people who sucked? Right. Like the worst of the worst, it and they the all work in this one little shady right. town. That's all it was. So I imagine the Reno cops were not happy. Um, there is no Reno Sheriff's Department. That is actually fictitious. Uh-huh. I think there is a PD, but there's not, or a Washoe. Did you guys count. shoot there? No. Oh. No, we shot out here in Sun Valley. Oh, I've shot which there. Which is yeah. super scenic. Oh, yeah. You know that. Yeah. And a lot of the houses we used needed no set dressing. Because <laughs> <laughs> they were so shifty and meth labby and, looking. And more than happy to take a <laughs> 500 bucks for you to exactly, shoot in the house. Exactly. Let me just hide a few things and yeah. you guys come on in. Please. Oh, you need a house that's fully decorated for Christmas, but it's July? We got one. 
we got one. <laughs> Just get the chickens out of the bedroom. But yeah. So, all right. So then you kick around. You do mm-hmm. a lot of uh, acting. You have uh, bit parts yeah. here and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you like doing that? Padded my resume because I never. I'm looking like, at I got, it. I got Reno, but I never, um, I didn't have like the day player. Right. Bob's Burgers. Mm-hmm. So you're starting the Modern Family. You, I mean, you were around and then mm-hmm. you did a bunch of the rules of engagement for Sandworth's company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was that fun? That was fun. And that started off as just like a one-off thing. And then I got to come back 14 times. And that's how guest. I got the Goldbergs. That's it. Mm-hmm. How did Bridesmaids happen? Who pulled you in? Um, Kristen Wiig and Annie Mumolo, who wrote it. Yeah. They wrote it with specific people in mind. And I went to the first table read for that movie in gosh 2007 yeah so that's how long they've been kicking that around and then when it came time to actually audition three years later they called me in and i thought well that's really nice that they would even remember that like how sweet so i went in i auditioned and i thought well that's nice i'm sure this is where it ends i'm sure everybody in the world (laughs) wants to do this but i kept coming back and coming back and eventually there we go. And that was big. People liked it. And again, that was one that my parents, I said, look, you're not going to like it. So just don't go see it. And if you do go see it, don't tell me. Uh-huh. And? So they saw it and they told me. What'd they say? My mom said, well, people came to have a good time and they sure did. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of, so, that's not as bad as a passive aggressive exactly, compliment could be. Exactly. That's actually, so, in that, she didn't love it. In that realm, that was a pretty good one. Sure, sure. So they sat in a theater with people and laughing. After they, I told them, do not, do not do this. <laughs> and, uh, and they saw it. And what could their problem have been with that movie? Let's see. I mean, it was a little crass. It was but a I mean, little crass in parts. Yeah. And there was some sex in it. And there were, oh, you yeah. know, look, we all shit our pants at one point. Yeah. But that's just But funny. come on. Yeah. I mean, what do That's you just based on reality. Yeah. Come on. Everybody that, shits that their pants where, when they go dress shopping. We're Maya's in the middle of the street. I mean, that that's come like on. one of the best things that ever happened in movies. I think so, too. <laughs> I think so, too. That should be a part of every Oscar montage. Ever. It was certainly something you never saw before. No. <laughs> and it was all because Annie was a bad bridesmaid. But anyway, so yeah, so that happened and that Was it fun doing that into, thing? Oh god, it was so fun. Yeah. Cuz we were working with our friends. Yeah. Were you and nobody riffing? had any expectations of it. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Cuz nobody knew what it was. So it was just kind of like Hey, we're at summer camp. Yeah. And Paul Feig's really nice and I like these girls and we get to wear nice outfits and I I never got to wear real clothes on a show before or yeah. any you know, I was always in some horrible getup and so it was like, "Oh wow. I get to wear a dress that I might actually wear <laughs> in real life. This is crazy." Did you t- get to keep any? No. Yeah. No. But did, how much improvising was in that film? A lot. Yeah. A lot. I can't speak to how much they actually use, but we, we improvised a lot of stuff. And when they finally edited that movie, I mean, 
look, all I, I think the funniest stuff lives on the DVD in oh, the yeah. three hours of extra footage that go they couldn't that. include. Well, did they recut the movie or is it just extra? There's just entire characters that oh, they really? couldn't keep because yeah, yeah. the movie already is too long, I right. think. It's two hours. It, it should be a little less than that. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, yeah. nobody asked me, Mark. Yeah, it's all right. Nobody asked It wasn't your job. No, that was not no, your no. job. But anyway, it was fun. Um, all right, so now... This now this is a big deal. This Goldberg's mm-hmm. is a surprise hit in a way. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. The thing was is that it it ended up being so different than the pilot we shot. Right. Thank God, because the pilot was a little too mean. Yeah. Um, Why? What, what was the tonal different? Like, because like it's familiar to me. Because what what year does it take place? Like eighty nineteen eighty something. They never yeah. say. You know, because like you know, I grew up in a middle class Jewish world, okay. but it was New Mexico, so oh not, okay. But you know, it, it all it's all familiar. Yeah, <laughs> but like in the in the pilot, there was a little too much screaming, and at one point, I take off my slipper and start beating on on the kids and. You know, maybe that's not the right tone to say. It seems a little, like, feels a little Malcolm in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Right? I could see that. The pace um, of it and, and the kid, yeah. you know, the the sort of, like, smarter than he should be kid. Yes. Um, and, but the, the reality was that um, in this family, the youngest kid was really the mother's last hope uh-huh. to hang on to um, her babies. Yeah. And the real Adam Goldberg, like his mom just knew he was going to be a girl. So he painted the whole room pink. Right. And then made him live in that pink room for many, many years. (laughs) Um, And she really did a lot of the weird stuff that I do on the show, but she did it worse. Uh And so she's thrilled with the way... Oh, she's, she's like, being portrayed. So she's a traditional narcissistic Jewish mother. Yes. Who is now being celebrated in yes. her mind. Who now feels like, all right, I'm vindicated. Yeah. Because look, I got two surgeons and a TV writer. Hello. <laughs> is that true? I am a success. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. And who can argue? Right. You know? Yeah. Have you met her? I've, I have met her. And she's intense. Uh-huh. And I love her. Yeah. Um, But it would be. A blessing and a curse to have her as as your mom, because it, on the one hand, she believes in her children a hundred percent and fights for them mm-hmm. or fought for them, made teachers cry for them, yeah, you know, really went on the war path for them. On the other hand, do you want your mom sleeping overnight in your dorm no. when you're a freshman boy? Yeah, Probably she did not. that. Oh yeah. Now, who who's um? Where does Adam F. Goldberg come from? What's his? He pedigree? came from Jenkintown, Pennsylvania. But like, has he done other stuff? Before? Yeah, um, Breaking In. Yeah, he did that. Um, he's written some films. He's, you know, you like him? I love him. I love him. I knew I wanted to do the show. Well, first of all, the way they got me to do it was they gave me the script which yeah. was fine but then sent me footage of the family the and real I, family the real family and i said yep 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 can't say yes fast enough to this. so your depiction is close yeah. i mean oh yeah. oh yeah and we look similar <laughs> uh-huh and i get it yeah i get the smothering instinct uh-huh. because i was smothered uh-huh 
by my own mommy. Yeah. So um, I totally, I and, get it. And, and, and she does it because in her mind, she's right. Yeah. They just don't know that. They yeah. just don't know. Yeah. Act first and apologize later. Yeah. But, you know. And it's hard to do the, like, you know, I, I, it, it, that, that thing can become a stereotype if you don't invest it with some, you know, uh, real emotions. Yeah. And you seem to be able to manage that. I hope I can. I don't no, know. No, yeah, it's funny. I, I yeah, hope yeah, so. yeah. No, I, definitely. All I can tell you is that, like, this is the most fun I've ever had. And you're working with Big Jeff. I'm working with Jeff. I, which is I'm another... sorry, I called him Big Jeff. How, he's not that big anymore. It's good. Well, how's he? But doing he's got there? a big personality. That's you for sure. You cannot deny that. No, he's. Uh, I I love him. I love him. Yeah. Yeah, you've had him here. Yeah, I've known him for years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's uh he's definitely a character. Yes. <laughs> And very fun to work with. Yeah. I, I just... George Siegel's playing I, what oh he plays God. now. George fucking Siegel yeah. plays my dad. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, How's he to work with? He's, he's great, but he's 83. Wow. So um, get it done. Yeah. Don't make him wait. Right. He is not there for that. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Make just do it. Be professional. Yeah. Um. Tell him he looks good because he does look good. I gotta say. Yeah. Well, he's a, like you know he he's a. It's great that he's working. Yeah. And he's like oh, a gosh. part. He's like a. He's been acting forever. Yeah. He has. And, and he just got his star on the Hollywood. Just now. Of, like just couple months ago and you guys i think finally dealt with the uh i'm friends with the other adam goldberg who oh. <laughs> and this has just been the bane of his existence really <laughs> i know yes and we did have we did address that we did address and did he that. respond i don't think so <laughs> i don't think so and it was a good episode too it was a new one right just happened yeah it just happened it's our our uh karate kid episode quite delightful i gotta ask him yeah because i know that it was just sort of like all right i'm not that one yeah and he was going so far as to say that our show was canceled and all these things so um oh he it said, got a little stupid yeah well he's a you know he's he's a uh intense guy he's intense and you, you should use and him an as an artist give him a guest spot you should have, why would oh I, my gosh you should have that him on the show. That would be brilliant. Tell Adam F. Goldberg to have Adam Goldberg on. He'll fit in somewhere. There's got to be. I'm going to suggest that. Yes, there's of gotta course. There's got to be a part for him. Of course. Make him a teacher. Well, if the spinoff show goes. Is there a spin? There is a spinoff. What is it? We've reached syndication, my friend. You've been on that long already? Uh -huh. Yeah. Just finished our fourth season. So it's being syndicated? It's being syndicated. We're starting season five in August. What do they syndicate it now? Um, where? Like, I mean, no, what, how many episodes? I thought that was We're 100. at 96, but, okay. but going so into a, this season, yeah, it'll be yeah, You can start selling fine. it. But yeah. it's already been, the deals are done and it's been wow, announced. Wow, good so, for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's what What's everybody's looking for. Um, it's called Schooled and it takes place at um, William Penn Academy, which is the high school on our show. Uh -huh. And uh, it just revolves around the teachers. Oh, you gotta tell. So that tell, would be amazing. Tell Adam Goldberg to bring Adam Goldberg. Oh in. yeah. Well, look, Wendy, I'm glad it all worked out for you, and you're Thanks. not at the uh, Ramada. Thank you so much. Do you I'm feel gonna I'm gonna turn that Ramada stuff into something. Yeah, I've not seen that movie because um, 
there's a hooker in every hotel. There's the name of your film. There's, there's a hooker in every hotel. There are hookers in every hotel. There's hookers. There's drugs. Yeah. I know. I, well, I've, I've been part of one of those. Okay. Okay. <laughs> a, I'm going to, yeah. Back in the day, plenty of drugs at the hotel. Always. Yeah. Always. Yeah. And uh, they're, you know, they're independently owned and operated, most of them. Franchises? Franchises. So. Sounds like you you've gotta, already done half your research. I've done half my research and I just need to sit and, and write something. But How could that not be funny? Why hasn't that happened? <sighs> I mean, Mark. because you'd have to... Like, you can't really do, like, those... You could do a boutique hotel, you know, but you couldn't do, like, a home, like, a family-owned motor lodge because that doesn't really exist anymore. But it would seem that if it was just a a, a vague, almost like mm-hmm. the office, but the hotel. Yeah. Right? I'm working on that. I'm working on that. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, great. Yeah. It's nice talking to you. Maybe you you'll come and, and, I'll do and do something. You just keep it in my wheelhouse. Right. Okay. I, I don't like to put on weight. I'll grow a beard. I'm not going to make you put on weight. Okay. I'm not going to make you do anything you don't want to do. Okay, I'm ready. All right? Yeah, I'm in. All right? I'm signed up. You might up. have to wear a little uniform. Okay. Okay? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I could be the guy that um, shit didn't work out for, and now he's got to re-enter the workforce, and you give me a, you know, like a room service job. or Okay. <laughs> or you're one of our traveling salesmen who's always there. And oh, right, always right. at the sports bar. Okay. Like one of our trivia night regulars. Oh, right. You know? And it's not clear what I do or whether or not I'm really selling anything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like I'm living some right. weird... Yeah. yeah. I, I might be a ghost. You might be a ghost? Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Sleeping with hookers at the... At the hotel. At the hotel. Yeah. It I like writes the, itself. I actually like the idea of the guy that, that doesn't leave and it turns out he can't leave because he doesn't have anywhere to go. And then I, I, I do some legal action where you can't actually kick me out. Oh my god! Like you, I live there. You live there. Yeah. You have squatters rights. Yeah. You have some kind of yeah, yeah. Native American stake to the land or <laughs> something. <Yeah>. My family. <laughs> All right. Well, that's my All episode. Right. We're gonna Sounds speak good. it into existence. So you feel good? I do. All right. Well, thanks for talking to me. Thank you. Huh? Huh? What do you think of that? Hotels, right? Yeah. Yeah, hotels. A lot goes on in hotels. Oh, don't you know it. Don't you know it, people. Go to WTFPod.com for all that stuff. And uh, get a link. There's a link to pre-sales for the book there. Be waiting for the punch. I think I'm going to go get that guitar I like from the house. So, uh, uh, But I, there won't be any time in between me saying this and me being back. So I don't even know why I'm saying it. But I'm just know that I that between... Right now, and when I have the guitar, time will will have happened and a journey would have taken place. Boomer lives!